there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, or how I keep things simple in our homeschool, or just life in general, how we can get rid of the clutter and get rid of the chaos that keep us from fixing our eyes on our true purposes. I truly do believe that the remedy to clutter and chaos is Jesus. The more we desire him, the less we desire the things of this world. And we naturally will find ourselves with less clutter and less chaos. So today on the podcast, I wanted to tackle a topic that I think can resonate with most of us um, out there, especially in the culture that we live in, but it's talking about um, being content in a culture that really cultivates discontentment. We live in a culture that is actually encouraging us to sin, I mean, actually, if you look around at our culture, there's sin everywhere. But if we think about it, I talked about this last year in one of my sessions at our Simply Living for Him retreat. If we think about it, our culture actually condones and... um uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It actually condones and even encourages us sometimes to um, break a commandment. And we think about that and say, no, but really there are many commandments that are broken daily and are actually glorified. So for instance, you know, our culture will tell us to lie because you need to look out for number one. And what's a little white lie going to hurt, right? You know, if you need to tell a little white lie and, you know, take something that's not yours or, you know, even a little white lie, you know, calling in sick to work or, um, you know, something to get out of something, right? That's okay. Our culture actually encourages that. Of course, it's okay to do that. I mean, everybody does it. But as Christians, the Bible has commanded us, our Ten Commandments, not to lie. So even those little white lies are breaking commandments, and yet our culture encourages that. We live in a culture that condones and encourages disrespecting parents, you know, maybe not in your family, certainly not in mine, but in our culture as a whole, it is perfectly acceptable for kids, teenagers to, you know, disrespect their parents because, oh yeah, that's what teenagers do. Teenagers always talk back, you know, we sort of talk about it like it's something we all have to go through. And instead of looking at it as something that is not tolerated and again, breaking a commandment of, of another one that is so blatant in our society would be using the Lord's name in vain. That is breaking a commandment. OMG. When we even, you know, um, abbreviate it, that is breaking a commandment. We don't think about this because our culture has um, become so accepted these these sins, these breaking these commandments have become so accepted that we almost don't think of it anymore. Even, you know, honoring the Sabbath, people do not keep that commandment. Um, definitely not in our culture. There is no distinction for a Sabbath day of the week. You know, Sunday is the day to to um, play sports, to do all, you know, whatever the culture is looking at. So there are many commandments that are broken daily that are, like I said, accepted and even encouraged. Um, and you know what? I'll even go so far as to say murder. 
right? And of course we don't accept murder, we say, and we don't accept that, but we live in a society that does accept murder because it is a society that has legalized abortion. So if we look at the culture as a whole and how far in a downward spiral we have gone that we, you know, look at um, commandments as something that things that are acceptable to do. I would even say, and that's what I want to talk about today, that we encourage coveting. And we don't often think about coveting as breaking a commandment. And we do it all the time. And our society encourages it so much. And why do I, what do I mean by that? What I'm referring to is the, um, culture that we live in right now that truly, um, glorifies actually coveting or encourages it and fosters it because we are a media saturated culture. And everywhere we turn, we see pictures, we see articles, we see, you know, whatever it is, visual magazines, TV commercials, social media, all um, saturating our minds with how we should live. And I think we need to really, really take a step back and realize that that kind of a culture is fostering a covetous uh, nature in ourselves. And as Christians, we are not to live that way. Sure, the world lives that way. I just listed a bunch of commandments that the world doesn't see a problem with breaking. But as Christians, we are set apart and we are to be living differently and we are to be seeking holiness. And there's nothing holy about coveting what other people have. There's a difference between admiring what other people have, but I'm talking about coveting. And the culture that we live in right now definitely fosters um, a covetous nature in us because we may not even realize it, but the more we see things, the more, like I said, we live in a media-saturated society, the more we see visuals and images that get stuck in our minds, the more it transforms our thinking and the more it makes us feel that we need to have the things that we are seeing on a daily basis. Those things infiltrate our minds and change our way of thinking. Now, if you look at the Bible, Romans 12 too says we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that is the complete opposite of what our culture is doing to us. So we have two options. We can fill our minds with God's word. We can fill our minds with truth. We can fill our minds with the truth of God's word. And that is what will transform us. It transforms our thinking. It transforms our behavior because how we are thinking is then going to affect our actions. So our minds, it says in Romans 12 too, our, our minds are actually transformed by the truths. However, a different transformation can take place. If you're not filling up your mind with those truths and you're not filling up your mind more with God's word than you are with what society is telling you, the transformation in your mind, the things that are going to seep into your mind are going to be the opposite of what God's word says. God's word tells us to store up treasures in heaven, 
the world tells us to store up treasures in our homes, you know, store up treasures, um, materialistic things to, you know, um, attain, attain, attain more stuff, um, be busy, be, you know, successful doing things, earn money. These are the things we need to store up. Um, and then, like I said, when you go to social media and you are constantly bombarded with images, those things will start to transform your thinking, but not in the way that the Bible wants transformation. So we need to be very careful and we need to be on guard of what we are doing with our minds. We don't even realize it because um, our society, like I said, is is a, is a society right now that is focused on things. And um, we live in a consumer culture. So we're focused on things and how things look. We're really focused on how things look these days. And you know, as Christians, we all will fall into this trap because if you're on social media, you're, you can't not see these things, right? It's a bombardment of photos or articles or, you know, mostly visual things though that are telling us how we should live. And in turn, like I said, we don't even realize it, but we begin to covet because what happens is we see these beautiful pictures of, you know, maybe a person's home or how their children are dressed or, you know, just these staged photos of, um, even food, right? Look what my goodness, what we've done with food <laughs> recipes and those little videos that show you how to make beautiful recipes and Pinterest and Instagram and food blogs and um, there's a food network on TV and I could go on and on and on. The visuals have infiltrated our minds, making us think that we need to do all of those things. I mean, if we break it down, what do we need to do? Feed our family's food so they can survive. Sure, we can make it fun and we can have, you know, enjoyable recipes and pretty things, but it's become the normal now to sort of um, go over the top. And we are not looking at food anymore as a thing that we just survive on. We are looking at, um, at it as something almost that we need to compete with others. You know, um, if you're having company, you want to have like the best recipes or the most elaborate, you know, cute little things. Um, forget children's birthday parties, right? The cakes and the desserts and all of those things are just so over the top nowadays. And because our society has made that so normal, you almost feel abnormal if you're not doing those things. I'm a simple girl, right? So <laughs> there's no way I'm going to like carve a scene out of a cake, out of a birthday cake. It's just not my thing. I'm not saying if that's not enjoyable or that's not a hobby for you or whatever that, you know, it's a bad thing. You're not sinning. But, you know, I look at it as what are we doing? We're celebrating a life on a birthday. We're not celebrating that mommy made the most, you know, elaborate cake to impress everybody. Um, so I always, you know, kind of take it that way, take a step back. But it's not that you can't 
have nice things or have a beautifully decorated home, but it's the spirit in which you do so. And it's the um, mindset in which you do so. And it's when we go overboard and feel like it's something we have to do. And then it causes us stress because we feel like we can't keep up with everybody else's homes, you know? And um, then the really you know, um, important thing to remember is it can cultivate not only discontentment, but a coveting nature and coveting is breaking a commandment, wanting what somebody else has. And that is a serious business, but we don't see it that way anymore. I mean, we joke about it all the time. I know I've done this. I've joked about it and been like, Oh my goodness, I love your house. I want it. Believe me, before I move, because now I feel like we're in our dream home and I am happy here and I don't look at home magazines or Pottery Barn catalogs or any of that stuff because I'm so content with our house. But I remember feeling um, when we first got married and we didn't have a lot at all. And even when we first were able to buy our first home, we didn't have anything. Once we bought the home, we were done. We didn't have any money. <laughs> extra to decorate or make it look like a magazine, you know, and, um, you start to feel discontent. So I had to stop allowing those images into my mind. I would get catalogs in the mail and they would go right into the trash. I did not look online at anything that had to do with homes, you know, and decorating. I needed to learn to be content in the home that God had provided for us and recognizing that when I was looking to somebody else's home and not just admiring it, but then deep down inside, sometimes envying it, and that leads to coveting it, that then I was, you know, getting off track with the Lord because then I'm starting to break a commandment. And, um, that spirit of discontentment does no one any good because then mommy's upset and there's really no reason to be because we have a home and we have shelter. And if we live in the United States, we are rich compared to most other countries in the world, right? But we start to feel discontent. So this has been a process that I've, I've gone through over the years, but you know, I often break it down and think to myself, what do we really need, you know, to live? What do we really need to survive? Do we need, you know, fancy decor? No, those are extra things. They do bring joy to us sometimes, but our joy certainly shouldn't be dependent on how our home looks. And um, because of the culture we live in, though, we have entire television channels that are devoted to how our homes should look, right? We don't have cable TV, which is a good thing because I don't get stuck just like, you know, watching these shows. But I will tell you, when we travel, and I'm being real here, my kids, the first thing we do is like, oh, cable TV in the hotel room, you know, and they want to watch HGTV or cooking shows are usually the two channels that they will gravitate to. And you can find yourself just endlessly sitting there and watching these shows. I told a story a couple of times, maybe I've told it on here, but I told a story last year, the first year at our Simply Living for Him retreat. And I was saying, you know, I am so content with my house and it does, it's not decorated perfectly. It's not out of a magazine, but we have beautiful property and that's what I always wanted. And I don't fuss about the inside. I like clean. I like no clutter. I don't want to stress about it. Um, 
you know, we're not, I'm not big on decorating. It's like, it is what it is. So, um, but I'm perfectly happy with my home. I love my house. When we moved, it was like, okay, this is our dream come true. So I am perfectly happy with my home. But about two years ago, we were watching um, the Fixer Upper show, and we don't have regular cable TV, but we were going through the seasons on Hulu, and every night we would kind of watch, you know, if I've talked about this before, our family, we have this tradition at night, or a ritual, I should say. We read our Bible after dinner, and then we watch a show and have a snack. <laughs> And so we have gone through all different shows, uh, Little House on the Prairie, The Brady Bunch, Lucy, I Love Lucy, Andy Griffith. We go through all the seasons, right? Uh, so there was a time when we were on a kick of cooking shows and HGTV shows, and we got to the Fixer Upper show. And so one night we had turned off the show and I looked around my house. Now, mind you, I love my house. It's my home. It's where I feel like God created me to live here. And so here I am looking around my house and I was like, boy, my house really stinks. It doesn't look anything like these, you know, beautiful homes that Joanna Gaines is decorating on HGTV. I don't have all those elaborate decorations and cute little things. We're pretty plain. And, um, I can't even believe that I had that thought because I love my house. But what happened was I was being bombarded night after night with these images and it seeped into my mind. Again, that's the wrong transformation. That is when those those thoughts start to transform your thinking rather than God's thoughts. And so very quickly I had to say to myself, oh my goodness, you know, what are you doing? You love your house. And then I found myself during that time, saying to Steve, you know, we really should get one of those farm sinks. Everybody on those shows, it's like, you know, we have the little stainless steel sink, plain old sink, with just the plain old normal standard little faucet. Everybody on those shows, they have those beautiful farm sinks and they're so pretty and, you know, they make it feel like that's what you have to have. And Steve was like, you're kidding me, right? Like, you know how much those cost and you want to spend all that money on a sink? And I had to kind of bring it back to reality and be like, okay, what do I do in that sink? I wash the dishes. <laughs> we have a perfectly good functioning sink and I don't need to go spend all this money to make it look, you know, to keep up. I mean, if I hadn't watched the show, I wouldn't have had any idea that a farm sink was cool. So I didn't, you know what I'm saying? I was content until I let these images come into my mind and they very quickly told me what you have isn't good enough. Oh wait, isn't that what happened in the garden? Isn't that what happened to Eve? <laughs> oh wait, you're perfectly content, but wait, don't you want something else? See, we have to be really careful because we think, oh, it's harmless. It's just like fun stuff. It's just decorating our house. It can be harmless, but very quickly, if our, our mind is being transformed the wrong way, it's not harmless because I began to covet and I began to reject the blessings that God was giving me because honestly, my house is such a blessing from God. It is such a blessing. We are so incredibly grateful to live where we live and to have our dream home. And here I was finding faults with a sink. Are you kidding me? You know? So, and again, I'm going to uh, have to 
caution and say, if you're listening and you have a farm sink, I am not by any means putting that down. (laughs) I'm talking about a situation that happened to me and that was between me and God and your farm sink is between you and God. So I am not at all condemning you if you have a farm sink. In fact, I love your farm sink. It's just not something I need in my life right now because I can't afford it and I am perfectly content already with what I have. So we need to really think about what makes us content. Why does it make us content, right? Because I can guarantee you, I could get that farm sink. None of my other problems are going to go away, right? These shiny little things on the outside are, have nothing to do with the inside. Okay. And we talked about this on a recent podcast episode. You know, it's like the Pharisees and the Bible. It says, you know, you, um, keep the cup clean on the outside, but on the inside, your cup is filthy. So we have to be very careful that we think once we have the next great thing, we're going to be happy or we're going to be content. Our contentment and our joy and our happiness is dependent on Christ and not on material things, not on how our home looks. Because I can tell you, there are people that live in third world countries that are more content and have more joy than people in the United States. We have friends that go down to Haiti for missions trips every six months. Those people have nothing, nothing compared to what we have. They live in a tiny little hut or a shack or whatever it is. They were living in tents at one time after the earthquake. They had the joy of the Lord. These people that go there tell me they worship God like you've never seen because they have true joy because they know what it means to have everything stripped away and they are not dependent on those things to bring them happiness or to bring them joy. They are dependent on Christ alone. And that is where our true joy and contentment comes from. You know, like I said, we... um. We live in a culture that is a consumer culture. We live in a, a culture that is um, constantly telling us, you know, to get more, attain more. So we live in this consumer culture, but we need to be consumed with Christ. So what are you consumed with? Are you consumed with social media? Are you consumed with what other people are doing? Are you consumed with getting the next best thing, attaining the next best thing? Or are you consumed with Christ? And if you are consuming his word, that is going to transform your mind. And these silly little things like farmhouse sinks or, you know, the perfect paint color or the perfect couch or whatever, it is, these things are going to um, kind of fade away into the background because we realize that that is not what life is all about. Our society is so focused on details, so focused on, you know, um, just so much stuff. And like I said, if you go on social media, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, All of these things are so visual. Couple that with TV if you have it, with magazines, with um, just going out to a store, right? We are constantly bombarded, making us feel like 
We need to have a perfect looking home. We need to have, you know, the perfect recipes, the perfect looking children, the perfect looking life. Life is not perfect. It will not be until we are in heaven. And we cannot put all of our energy in trying to make things look a certain way. But because we are bombarded by these images, these images will start to make us covet. It just happens because you, you, like I said, I was content with my home and I realized by watching all these shows that it was making me feel discontent. Um, so you need to be on guard. You need to, as I say all the time, be in the word. The more you are in the word, the easier it is to filter out the things that you don't need in life the more you can change your perspective. Because, you know, when you're saturated with images on Instagram or saturated with images on Pinterest, you can't be saturated with God's word. So choose to be saturated with his word. And that will fill all those empty needs that we feel like we are looking for when we go onto the internet or whatever it is. You know, just recently I started to stumble along some of these homeschooling um, accounts on Instagram because I do love Instagram. I, I, I do love to play on Instagram stories if you guys are over there. And I just think it's fun to share a little, you know, snippets over there. And um, I scroll through there a bit, but... I don't spend a lot of time, but if I had to choose, I think it's fun. You know, I'm a little downtime to scroll on through Instagram. But I stumble upon a lot of these really beautiful, I must say, homeschooling accounts. And I have to say, if I was a new homeschooler right now, I'd be probably, number one, coveting because I'd be trying to copy how these these beautiful, you know, vintage style homeschools look. A lot of them just look beautiful. You see these kids, you know, in the beautiful lighting with the beautiful, um, setting of reading these beautiful books <laughs> and doing these beautiful crafts and being out in beautiful nature. And yes, that is part of homeschooling. Sometimes we do have days that are beautiful. That's for sure. But I know that if I was a new homeschooler right now, and I stumbled upon those accounts, I'd probably be heaped up in the fetal position crying because my homeschool doesn't look like that. Because I know in the early days when I had little ones, it did not look like that. <laughs> it looked like nothing I would have wanted to put on Instagram. So you have to look at these things with a discerning spirit. And how you get that discerning spirit is to be filled up in God's word. So I can scroll through Instagram and admire and say, oh, what a beautiful picture or you know, what a beautiful homeschool. And then also think, I wonder what it looks like the other hours of the day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but do we all know that it's a picture and it doesn't look like that all the time? But see, that's the difference. I can kind of go on there and discern and say, that's just a snapshot and admire it for what it is. But I don't feel at all the need to copy it. But I know when I was a more immature homeschooler, and I don't mean immature in that, you know, I wasn't mature. I just mean that early on in my homeschooling years, more um, not as experienced, um, I would have looked at that and felt defeated and felt that I needed to have my homeschool look like that. And unfortunately, 
that would have translated to my kids in a very negative way because I would have been looking at them and thinking, why don't they look like those pictures on Instagram? Why aren't they looking all peaceful while they're reading their books or I'm reading to them and they're coloring, you know? Why aren't they looking peaceful while they're out in nature? Why is my child, you know, dumping spaghetti on their head and my other ones uh, laying in a dirty diaper? And, you know, why, why does my homeschool look like that? And uh, why isn't it looking pretty? So now I look at those things and I sort of take it with a grain of salt and admired it for what it is. But I know there was a time where I could have gotten, you know, gone down a very wrong path. And um, we need to be very discerning. So whatever the things that are um, stirring discontentment in you are the things that you need to sort of monitor or get rid of. So as a new homeschooler, I wouldn't have been able to look at those Instagram accounts. As a um, person maybe feeling discontent in my home for whatever reason, I wouldn't need to look at those accounts. But again, we can choose to enjoy those things for what they are and celebrate other people's accomplishments. You know, if somebody's showing a beautiful home or a beautiful homeschool day or their children doing something beautiful, or, you know, I love to share little snapshots because I think where we live is beautiful. You know, be happy for those people. Don't let it cultivate the comparison trap in you because you never know what is going on in that person's backstory. I've told this story before. I've told it in my book in Real Homeschool and I've told it when, I, when I've spoken, but you know, I love to share snapshots of where I live and beautiful. I, I love sunrises and sunsets. For me, I see God in nature. When I see a sunrise or a sunset, I shared probably the most beautiful sunrise I have ever seen in my entire life recently on my Instagram account. I saw it straight from my bedroom window. I literally stopped dead in my tracks when I glanced out the window and saw the sky looking the way it did. It was like pink and on fire and reds and colors that don't even have names in my mind because it was just that vivid. I almost hear God's audible voice. I don't hear it, but I almost do in that. To me, it stops me dead in my tracks. But I told the story before that there was a time where I used to dream of having a home where I could see God's nature and beautiful sunrises and sunsets because I was living in an apartment in a city over a deli. Okay, so I was living a life that looks nothing like the life I live now. And I also told a story how, you know, sometimes I share snapshots of Steve. He does wonderful things for our family. He's a wonderful husband and a dad because there was a time where the only love that I knew was from a boyfriend who abused me. So you never know somebody's backstory. When I share beautiful things, it's because to me, it's giving God the glory. It's like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is my life. I can't believe it. And I love to share those snapshots. And when we see somebody sharing those snapshots, we should be happy for them and rejoicing with them and not jealous or envious. So again, that's where that discerning spirit comes in. The more we are filled up on Jesus, the more we are filled up on his word, we're not going to compare to other people. We're not going to be jealous of other people. We're going to rejoice when others rejoice, as it says in Romans, and cry when others cry. Lift each other up and hold each other when they need it and not compare. And the more we are filled up on his word and the more we are 
um, filled up with his truths, the more we are able to discern and the more contentment we have in him. So we don't have to worry about coveting and we don't have to um, feel the discontentment that our culture really wants to cultivate in us. I mean, basically our culture wants us discontent and wants us coveting. Why? Because then we'll go spend money on, you know, more and more frivolous things. I can't tell you how many things, especially my earlier years of marriage and being a mom that I thought I needed or wanted for my home that a year later were either out of style, broken, or I didn't care about anymore, right? We're like kids wanting that new best toy. There are so many things. I mean, I look back at our, our first home that, you know, I had to have, we, you know, decorated a certain way. I don't even live there anymore. It doesn't even matter anymore. <laughs> the, you know, we agonized over a perfect paint color, And guess what? We don't live there anymore. And the people that moved in probably painted over it. So these things are temporary. It's a temporary happiness. See that for what it is. Recognize that. Understand that all of these things our culture is telling us we need to be happy are temporary joys. They are not lasting contentment that we find in Christ. And the more we have him, the less we desire those things. So are we keeping up with the Joneses or are we keeping up with God? We need to saturate our minds with Jesus and, um, then we won't desire to saturate our minds with the media. You know, I don't desire to scroll through Facebook or Instagram when I am filled up on him. Sure, I like to go on Facebook and see what people are doing. I go on Facebook to work on my pages for Simply Living for Him and for my Bible-based homeschooling website. I like to go on Instagram to see snapshots of people's day, but I don't feel the need to scroll through looking for contentment. I've said this before, but I know there was a time for me especially where I would be on the internet too much and it was like... I don't even know what I was searching for. It's like you're endlessly scrolling, but you're not really even sure what you're searching for. I gave a podcast, I talked about on on a podcast last year about window shopping for a better life. And that's what I felt like I was doing for a while. I was scrolling through Facebook, um, almost window shopping for a better life. You know, you're just looking at all these ideas and all these things that come across your newsfeed and you're like, oh, that looks great. Oh, why can't I do that? Oh, why can't I look like that? Oh, why doesn't my house look like that? Oh, why do my kids look like that? Oh, maybe I should go do that. It's just too many things. Get back to the basics. Fill up on God. You can go to social media, enjoy a TV show, read a magazine without feeling Um, the need to covet those things because you have all you need in Christ. Isn't that exciting? It's wonderful. So I hope that this encourages you today. If you are somebody who finds that you might be coveting, recognize that for the sin that it is, that you're breaking a commandment and choose today to follow God and to repent. Yes, repent of that. Say, Lord, 
I am sorry. I have been focused on the wrong things. I have been focused on other things more than I am focused on you. I have been focusing on filling up on other things more than on you. I have been focused on thinking that I will find contentment and joy in other things besides you. But Lord, I only want you today. I want you more than anything else. I want you more than what this world offers because what this world offers is temporary and you are eternal. Go to him. Ask him to transform your mind, to renew your mind, to transform it with the truths of his word. And then your actions will be an outflow and your actions will not be a coveting spirit or a discontent spirit, but somebody who is content with Jesus. I also would encourage you, if this podcast resonates with you, you would probably want to join us for our Simply Living for Him retreat in July. Our theme is Jesus is Enough, and we'll be talking so much more about all of these things. Also, in the spring, if you're a homeschooler, I will be speaking at um, several different events. You can find the schedule on my website, simplylivingforhim.com. Just click on the top where it says, speaking opportunities. And I will be speaking at um, four of the Teach Them Diligently conventions. There are six locations this year. I will be in Nashville, Rogers, Arkansas, Atlanta, Georgia, and Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And then I will also be speaking for the North Carolina um, State Convention, which is in the end of May, early June. And that is, um, it looks like an amazing event. It'll be my first time speaking there. I'm a featured speaker. It's called the Thrive Convention. And um, you can look that up. Um, and I would love to see you if you're a homeschooler at one of those conventions. You know, writing is wonderful and podcasting is wonderful, but there's nothing like connecting face to face. And often after I speak at these homeschooling conventions and I meet with families, there's a lot of prayer that takes place and hugs and chatting, and I just love it. So I will also be having a booth in North Carolina where I can, um, I'm really excited about that because I'll have some of my books for sale and I'll be able to sit and talk with um, homeschoolers who come by my booth and pray and just, you know, hang out. It's going to be amazing. So I can't wait for that. If you have an event that you would like me to speak at, please contact me at Karen at simplylivingforhim.com and we'll see if we can make it work. I absolutely love speaking um, to, you know, homeschoolers and women alike. It doesn't have to be just homeschoolers. The Simply Living for Him retreat is not just for homeschoolers. It is for all women of all ages. It is not a retreat about homeschooling. It is merely um, about seeking Jesus. So I would love to see you at one of those events. Follow me over on the Facebook page for Simply Living for Him and for Bible-based homeschooling. If you're a homeschooler, oh, also, if you're coming to the Teach Them Diligently convention, go to the website for Bible-based homeschooling. I have a um, link there, or you can just go to teachthemdiligently.net and use my code, Bible-based seven, and that will get you a discount on your family registration that is exclusively for my readers. So use that discount and you can sign up for the Teach Them Diligently convention. Also, if you are listening to this podcast on iTunes, please rate and review it so that can get this message out there to more listeners. I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say about coveting and how you are dealing with that issue in today's culture. So 
comment on the Facebook page or on the blogs and let me know what you think. And until the next time, I wish you blessings and joy.